am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hi, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 32, in which we get our geek on. With a nod to Pam of Hip to be a Square, I don't actually usually think of myself as a geek, but every time Pam mentions a book or a TV show or a movie in her podcast, I've generally read it, watched it, or gone to it. Thumbs up to Firefly, BT Dubs. Uh, I'm recording this episode on Friday, December 10th, and uh, that's 2010. And uh, I know I skipped last week. I found that I actually had nothing to say. <laughs> I kept thinking of, you know, I kept th- saying to myself, boy, I've got to do a podcast episode. And I was just drawing a blank. I think I had done so many episodes in such quick succession coming out of Houston that I just sort of, you know, mentally burned out. Uh, so anyway, I decided to kind of give myself last week off. I did get my newsletter out. However, I was very proud of myself for that. And I did get some sewing done earlier this week. Not so much. Um, Tomorrow, we're having our big holiday party here at the house, anywhere from 20 to 40 people. Uh, So I took today off from work and spent the day getting groceries and doing a lot of prep work in the kitchen this afternoon. And then I just decided I needed to sit for a little while. And I did actually decide what I was going to do a podcast episode about. So I figured I would throw one out there. Um, Tomorrow, not going to happen again. Of course, I'll be on my feet in the kitchen all day tomorrow. Um, But that's a good trade-off. My family does the cleaning. I stay in the kitchen. I kind of like that. Not bad. Anyway, back to today's episode. I'm going to be talking about a few electronic or computerized gizmos or gadgets that I use and love. And a couple of you asked about digital scrapbooking. Um, I had mentioned that an episode or two ago, so I'm going to talk about that just a little bit too. So get ready to let your geek flag fly high. Uh, Before I forget, www.quiltingfortherestofus.com is where you'll find the show notes for this episode, and you can leave your own comments to the episode, etc. And there are links to everything else there. Uh, Join the Flickr group, please. I love seeing your pictures. And uh, you can also join Facebook. We have a Facebook group. And some apologies about that, by the way. Somehow I wasn't seeing comments that people were leaving there. Um, I kept thinking, boy, you know, I felt bad. I wasn't getting much conversation going on Facebook. And then all of a sudden last week, I realized there were comments on a fair number of them, and I just hadn't somehow seen them. So I did a little catching up last week. So if you left a comment on the Facebook page and were wondering why I was ignoring you, it was not intentional. Uh, So do go there and have some conversation, and I will be sure to be paying closer attention to where I needed to be paying closer attention to. Uh, I do also have a Quilty blog separate from the show notes to the podcast, and you can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z, and follow me on Twitter, also Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z, so that I can follow you. And I also appreciate everybody who's leaving reviews and ratings at iTunes. I noticed that I've got a new one and a couple of new ratings, so thank you so much. So all of those links you can find at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. I'm going to start out this week's episode with another entry in the most meaningful gift I ever gave category. This was a question I had posted in the um, Quiltcast Supergroup. Oh, 
Sorry, I forgot to mention that. That's another link on the uh, show notes to uh, on the quiltingfortherestofus.com page is to join our Quiltcast supergroup in Big Tent. And once you join the main group, you can then join the subgroups of um, pretty much anybody who has a quilting podcast in our group anyway. Um, sorry, Mark Lipinski is not in there, but a lot of other folks are. And you can join our subgroups. And I hope you will join the one for this podcast. Uh, and that link is also at quiltingfortherestofus.com. Anyway, I had posted a question there a few months back about what is the most meaningful quilty gift that you ever gave. And I got a bunch of responses, and I'm trying to highlight some of those. Um, I'm not choosing the ones I thought were the best ones or anything. I was basically just pulling out, you know, from starting from the top down. I am not probably going to get to all of them before the holidays. So uh, do join the quilt group and check that out so that you can read all the most meaningful gifts that other folks have given and leave your own response. Um, This week, I am going to share with you what Denise in PA said. She said, my most meaningful quilt guilt. (laughs) Sorry, that was a, a little Freudian slip. Mine, not hers. Okay, let's start that one again. Denise in PA says, my most meaningful quilt gift was the quilt I made for my boss and his wife last Christmas. It was a hunter star made with batiks. He's a modern art collector, and I figured the batiks would be a good choice. He saved the package for Christmas morning and called me after they'd opened it. He was so emotional, he could hardly get words out, and told me it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever gotten. I'm still humbled at his response to my gift. He insisted it be hung on the wall instead of used on the bed. I'm really glad I decided to make that quilt. And I'm sure, Denise, that your boss and his wife are also glad you decided to make that quilt. That was a great story. Thank you so much for leaving that comment. And again, for those of you who would also like to respond to that, just join the Quilt Cast Supergroup in Big Tent and then join the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup. And you'll find the link to that on the show notes um, to this episode, to all the episodes, actually. Um, just a, I've got a few announcements and then I've got some catch-up kind of stuff to do. Um, And then we're going to do some listener comment kind of things, and then I'll get into the uh, content for this episode. In the mail last week, I got something that I was kind of surprised to get. Uh, McCall's Quilting has begun a quilting DVD collection called Inspire Design Create, and I got the DVD in the mail unasked for. It's one of these things where they mail you the DVD, and then they say if you want to keep it, just send us money or a subscribe or something, and then you'll get further DVDs if you buy this one. And to be honest, I would have had to be really impressed to join. I don't, first of all, like companies mailing me stuff that I didn't ask for. Um, And secondly, those kinds of clubs where stuff just gets mailed to me and then I have to pay for it, I've had some really bad experiences with those in the past. Um, I think it was shortly after I graduated from college, Okay, this is another nod to Pam. I did join a sci-fi book club um, and was getting books and kept forgetting to mail in the stupid postcard to say, don't send me this month's selection. And I kept ending up with books I didn't want. And then I couldn't afford to buy the ones I did want. It was just a mess. I also have memories, I think, of some, but probably around the same time I did something with the CD club is the same. So I just, I don't do those kinds of clubs. Um, I would rather just go online and order one. You know, it's, it's just not something I'm going to do. And and again, I'm really not keen on somebody just mailing me something and then telling me to pay for it. Um, 
And I think I just caught a message from Noni in Big Tent about the same thing, only it was a different company that had done it with her. Uh, But I was not impressed by this DVD. That doesn't mean it's not great. Maybe somebody else got the same one and loved it. I wasn't particularly impressed, so I did end up mailing it back. It was just, it was kind of weird. I'm not used to um, quilt magazines and and quilt things do that. It was the first time I'd had that experience. So uh, that was just an interesting little tidbit last week. Um, on the upside, however, I had I mentioned in my last episode that I have started a new page on the show notes to this episode at quiltingfortherestofus.com called Do Good. And I ordered um, a book from one of the organizations I've got listed on that page, Peace Quilts Haiti. Uh, I have a lot of connections personally with Haiti, and so I was really interested in, in that organization. And they have a book about the Haiti Quilt Project, and I ordered it and got it very quickly. I was actually surprised at how quickly I got it, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It gives some of the history of the project to start with, but then most of it is stories of many of the quilters uh, who are involved in the project with photos of some of their quilts. So it's it's really um, surprisingly in-depth. I really enjoy the time that it takes with each person. So I have not even come close to finishing the book. Uh, it's very dense text, so it's not something you're going to just sit and thumb through. Well, okay, to be honest, I did thumb through it to begin with because I was just looking at all the pretty pictures of quilts. But then, you know, I went back and started to read it again, and it it's taking me a while to get through it, but I'm really, really thoroughly enjoying it. So I'd highly recommend um, that. And again, you'll find that listed on the Do Good page on um, the www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. It's the Peace Quilts Haiti Project. And if you go into their store, you can buy their quilts. Um, Some of their quilts are quite pricey. Most of their quilts, if I recall, are quite pricey. But the money does go to a really good cause. Uh, But the book itself, I think I only paid $20 for it plus shipping. It wasn't, I mean, I, I really think that was worth it. So I would highly recommend that. Another thing to point out about the Do Good page on my blog, listeners of this podcast have been given a special gift. You will see a listing on that page for a social enterprise named, I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, Okonye Kina, A-K-O-N-Y-E-K-E-N-A, two words. And you'll see the listing there and you'll be able to read about it, spend a little time on their website. But if you make an order from them, use the special promo code that I have listed on the Do Good page with that listing, and you will get a 20% off discount any items purchased. Um, it's the I believe the promo code is Q, the number four, R-E-S-T. I think that's the promo code, but it's listed on the website, so make sure you check that. Konikina, you can buy um, uh, quilted items and beads, embellishments, that kind of thing. Um, I have purchased some things for them. I have not received it yet, so I cannot speak, you know, knowledgeably about the product itself. Uh, But I've had several emails back and forth with um, the person who runs the organization, and it seems like a really good one. So uh, check that out as well, and you'll get a 20% off discount if you use that promo code. Um, I have gotten some great photos. I am loving it. I'm all about the pics, so keep sending them. People who have joined in the holiday challenge... Uh, where I have motivated you to complete your quilty Christmas gifts. And I am defining, um, I'm not defining complete. Yeah, it's got to be finished and ready to be given. But the idea of what constitutes uh, a quilty item, I'm being a little bit loosey-goosey on. So uh, if you're unsure as to whether your three items would um, 
would qualify, just email me, send me a picture or describe them to me and I'll let you know. Generally speaking, I'm saying you finish three handmade gifts and they'll count. Although I haven't accepted any thrown pots yet or um, paper scrapbooks. Fabric somehow needs to be involved. In any case, I have gotten photos from a bunch of people. And what I thought I would do is read off the names of the people that I have gotten photos from so far. And let me know if I have missed you. If you've sent me photos and I don't read your name, double check with me. It might just mean I put it in a different, I'm keeping those all in one, um, one file in my email. And I may not have gotten yours filed. So I have gotten photos so far from Jennifer R. and Jennifer N., Caroline, Cindy C., Laura W., Lynn W., Carolyn. And then Diane, you emailed me, but I still need a photo. That's Diane with one N. And I say that because my sister Diane has two N's in her name. Um, So if I missed you, if you sent me photos and I didn't just read your name, shoot me an email, let me know, (laughs) and I will either try to find them or just send them to me again, because I want to make sure if you have completed your three items that um, you get included in the drawing. And remember, the deadline is coming up. It's this coming Wednesday, so you don't have a whole lot of time left. I know there are two or three more of you who have emailed me to let me know that you were going to um, do the holiday challenge, and I haven't heard from you yet. So I'm hoping that you're going to make it in, maybe just in the nick of time, but you'll make it in. Uh, Meanwhile, I also wanted to share with you that Carolyn, who is my friend from church, she sent me instructions from her friend Barbara for a way to use scraps to make potholders, coasters, or tree ornaments, depending on what size scraps you use, so that you use the same um, instructions. It just, what it turns out to be depends on how big your fabric is to start with. And I'm going to put those instructions on the show notes for this episode. I haven't tested them out yet myself, but I might do so in the next couple of weeks at some point after the party is over and after I've gotten some sleep for a couple of days. Uh, Though I do have to admit I am actually offloading my scraps. We have a woman in my quilt guild that does beautiful scrap quilts. Oh my word. Um, She does wonderful work and she loves getting scraps from people and she's told me a couple of times um, that she really likes my fabric. So I decided I'm kind of doing this clean slate thing going into 2011 and I decided what I would do is just offload um, my scraps to her. I don't have a ton of them. Uh, I did keep a few larger pieces back because they are scraps of projects that I'm still in progress. And I thought, you know, probably better not get rid of the scraps until I know for sure I'm not going to need them anymore. Um, But other than that, I am kind of cleaning house because I I just kind of feeling the need to go into 2011 clean slate. Kind of. It's kind of weird. Anyway, I don't know why I'm getting rid of scraps, but it just felt good to empty those two drawers out and um, know that she will put them to wonderful, wonderful use. I have gotten a lot of comments in the last few weeks. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So for most of you, I'm just going to have to just say thank you to you by name. Thanks to Celia, Mama P, Lynn, Denise, who, by the way, just made two of the same table runners that I made herself. That's a great, great pattern. So um, you'll find the name of the pattern in the photo and Flickr and on my blog for the Christmas table runner I just made. I really strongly recommend it if you want to track it down yourself. And I imagine Denise would say the same. Um, Also, thanks to Anna, Mary, Sarah, my sister, Diane. That's the one with two N's. uh, Jane, SoCal Gal, Quilt Hollow, Very Lazy Daisy, Maureen, Tammy, Noni, Mary, Sarah, I'm sorry, Noni and Anna being the same person. I didn't realize I'd done that. Uh, Mary, Sarah, Marumo, Joyce, and Caitlin. And do go to check out their comments. 
Um, some of those are on the show notes for various episodes at the quiltingfortherestofus.com. Some of them were on my quilty blog, which is quiltingfortherestofus.blogspot.com, but there is a link from the show notes page. Uh, some folks gave links and other information in their comments, so please do make sure you go uh, check those out as well. Um, a couple of comments I did want to respond to specifically. I had, um, speaking of that Christmas table runner, I had posted a couple of comments, or a couple of blog posts on my Quilty blog about having um, some what I call found time for sewing on a day when um, the building where I work, I work from home, but the building where the rest of our office is, uh, had a power outage and they ended up shutting down the building. And so my supervisor called me and said, hey, since nobody else is working the rest of the day, you may as well have the rest of the day off as well. So it was sort of a, um, I wouldn't call it a snow day because they're too far, far south for snow. But for me, it was a snow day because it was blizzarding outside up here. Um, but anyway, I believe firmly that found time, like found money, should be used for something unexpected and fun. And after a brief debate about whether I should spend the afternoon cleaning my mudroom or or sewing, you know, sewing one out, and I ended up making a Christmas table runner from a charm pack. And so I had posted some entries about that. Um, Vivian commented, why do they call it a mudroom if it has to be cleaned? Shouldn't the standard condition of it be that it is muddy? Would it that it was a rubber room and could just be hosed down? I'm just saying. <laughs> and I agree, Vivian, wholeheartedly. Um, unfortunately, you know, I would be tempted to hose it down back there, except my dog crate and my other dog, both dogs have little houses in that back room. I'm not sure they'd like me turning the hose on them, much as I might be tempted on occasion. Um, and anyway, the mudroom remains uncleaned <laughs> at this point. Um, and we are having a bunch of people over to the house tomorrow, so I should probably do something about that. Uh, Gretchen said, I don't think you should feel any guilt. Look at it this way. You may not have finished a current UFO, but you prevented a future one. <laughs> I like that way of thinking. Um, I had also wondered whether I shouldn't have spent the time working on one of my other UFOs, but I really felt the need to do something new and something fun and something fast. And Gretchen made me feel better about that. Thank you, Gretchen. Uh, Kathy had also left a comment. Um, I think this was on the episode 30 in which we share our stories. I'm sorry, I didn't track when I um, put it into my notes. I didn't track which episode this was in relationship to. But I did want to share this with you because it's once again another reason why you should be documenting your quilts. Kathy said, I am very serious about sewing a label on anything I make because this hits very close to home. My great-grandmother was a quilter, and though she lived until I was 25 years old, I saw very few of her quilts because she kept them put up to, quote, take care of them. My grandmother, her only daughter, cared nothing about quilts. After my great-grandmother died in 1986, my grandmother sold, quote, all those old quilts, unquote, to an antique dealer for $100. My mother and one of my sisters are quilters and would have loved to have had any of her quilts. Because I do not want this to happen to my own quilts, I label every one of them. And even though my daughter is not a quilter, I have expressed to her and my grandchildren how important my quilts are to me. I'm also happy to give a quilt to someone close to me that I know will care for it while I'm alive and well and can make sure they get good homes. So thank you, Kathy, for another good reason for us to be labeling our quilts. Oh, and might I just uh, comment on that? The UFO I'm in the midst of finishing now, I actually, for the first time, remembered to put the dang label on it before I started quilting it. So I was very pleased with myself with that. Um, 
Sandy F. also left a comment to one of the episodes, um, the one in which I referenced the software Quilt Album for documenting your quilts. And her comment actually convinced me to buy it myself, and I will be talking a little bit more about that later. I also got some great additions to the You Know You're a Quilter When page. You know, all I had to do was whine about the fact that nobody had put anything on there, and all of a sudden, I get a slew of them. So here we go. Jackie said, you know you're a quilter when your five-year-old grandson, who you are talking to on the phone, says to you, Grandma, I can hear you sewing. And he's right. Mary Jo said, you know you're a quilter when someone in your family asks what you want for Christmas, and you respond by saying, pick out the pattern for a quilt you would like me to make for you. That would be a great present for me. And Chris said, you know you're a quilter when you realize you've been quilting for hours and you feel like you're a kid with a new Christmas gift. And Daisy left a couple. Daisy's first one. You know you're a quilter when you find thread bits and lint floating in your cup of tea and you drink it anyway. And her second one, you know you're a quilter when the tour guide for an historical estate chastises you in front of the whole tour group for using an ink pen inside the premises. Yes, I was trying to sneakily sketch the antique quilt that was on the antique bed because there was no photography allowed. Um, Caught anyway, I guess, Daisy. Jennifer V. says, you know you're a quilter when you come home from a trip and the only picture on your camera is the hotel carpet because it looked like it could be a cool quilt pattern. Oh, Jennifer, that one cracked me up. You got to get out more. Okay, Joyce said, Joyce, you know, you're a quilter when you leave your spare sewing machine at your non-sewing daughter's house, so you'll have a machine there when you fly in for a visit. And Joyce, do you think maybe by osmosis your non-sewing daughter might become a sewer because she's suddenly got access to a sewing machine? We can only hope. Or... If you're like my mom and she knew that any time any one of her daughters got near her good sewing machines, we jammed them. (laughs) It took me a while when I inherited my mom's really nice uh, quilting sewing machine to get over hearing her head, you know, hearing her voice in my head saying, don't jam it, don't jam it. Although I know my mom was very pleased for me to be using it and getting good use out of it. Okay, so thank you again for everybody for leaving comments. It was wonderful and I will look forward to getting more in the weeks to come. Okay, so let's get a little bit geeky. Um, The first thing I'm going to talk about, I haven't actually made myself notes about what I want to say about each of these things. I'm just going to, you know, let loose here. Um, I guess I'll talk about Quilt Album first. That's the documentation software that I had mentioned in a previous episode, and I really wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not, because I kept feeling like, you know, I use the computer. I've got all these different programs. Any one of them would work fine for this. I really should just make myself up some sort of a documentation form and just do it myself. But then when I got the comment from Sandy, who said she had bought it and and used it, um, she has not finished documenting all of her quilts, but she is well on the way. And she really liked the software. And I finally decided, you know, it's not that expensive. I think it was eh, somewhere between $20 and $30, somewhere in that neighborhood. I decided, you know, I may as well just go ahead and buy it. And I did, and uh, it was last night or two nights ago, I sat with my laptop while the family was watching TV and uh, pulled up the software, and I had already, I've been in the process of doing this digital scrapbook of my quilts and the antique quilts and my mom's quilts, etc. So I'd already moved a lot of the photos of my quilts onto my laptop as well to, you know, so that I could be mobile while I was working on the scrapbooking. 
And to be honest, in about two hours, maybe two and a half hours, I have pretty much all of my quilts documented now in quilt album. It goes that quickly. Now, I need to go back and fill in some details. I didn't have my original journal with me. I, I started out um, documenting things in writing in an actual notebook, and I didn't. I hadn't thought to bring that downstairs with me. So I was a little hazy on some dates as I was filling things in. You know, I could sign I sort of remember, okay, um, this was, I was working on this in the old house versus I was working on this in the new house. So that was kind of one date, you know, range that I knew. Um, some of them I could relate to specific other events, but other ones were, well, okay, that was somewhere between 2002 and 2007. So I'll just sort of pick a date in there. I need to go back and do some fine tuning. But it is so easy to use. So you install it. It doesn't take a tremendous amount of space, the software itself, on your computer. Um, and then once you get in, you click this little button that says New Quilt. You just drag and drop the photo um, from your quilt or of your quilt into the window that um, is there for putting the photo of your quilt in it. And then you give your quilt a title. And I was thinking as I did that, I remember listening to um, one of uh, Francis's podcasts, an off-kilter quilt, and she mentioned that she's no good at coming up with names uh, for quilts. Well, you have to in the software. You cannot enter a quilt unless it's got a name. Now, that being said, your names can just be, you know, triple rail point um, or triple rail on point quilt number one, <laughs> that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be creative. There's no little, um, you know, little clippy that comes out and says, are you trying to name a quilt? Let me help you. Uh, but it just, you know, you just need to give it something, some sort of moniker that it can file it by. And then it has certain details it'll ask you for. Um, who was it made for? Who did you, uh, you know, it'll say uh, quilt designer, um, quilter, you know, that kind of thing. And there's an auto fill in button where you can just shoot your name in there whenever your name's appropriate. Uh, what the pattern is, what the block name is, those kinds of things, what the batting is. And then there's a notes section and the notes is where I was putting the stories behind the quilts as well as any other pertinent information. Um, the only thing I'm not keen on, and I, you know, I was trying to figure out if there was another way they could have done this, but I guess in terms of trying to keep the user interface pretty simple if you have more than one photo of the quilt, so if you've got, um, you know, here's the front, here's the back, here's the detail of one of the blocks, it actually, you have to sort of enter it as if it's almost three separate quilts. It's not quite, you're not clicking the new quilt button every time. Once you do the main thing, then you do this other button that's duplicate quilt, or I think that's what it's called, duplicate the quilt. So you click that button, and it opens another window with all of the same information, but then you can drop a different photo in and you can um, delete, you know, whatever information you don't want to show up in the second entry. You can take that out and put whatever new information is in there. Um, it's just a little bit less smooth than I would like it to be, but it certainly works. What I don't know, I haven't tried yet, is doing any of the print options because once you document everything, then you can print out pages to put into some sort of a binder. Uh, you can also make greeting cards or business cards out of your entries. I haven't tried doing any of that yet to see. What I'm mostly curious about is if I want to print something for a binder so that I have a physical um, documentation as well, um, I don't know whether then it would print every one of those duplicate entries, you know, for each of the details as a separate page or whether there's a way to combine it all in one. And Sandy F., if you know that, maybe you can let me know. Um, so anyway, I I would really recommend it as um, a fast way 
to get your quilts documented. What I decided to do is that's going to be sort of my initial documentation. And as soon as I'm done with a project, I'll just dump it into a quilt album because I can do that pretty quickly while it's all fresh in my mind, fill everything out, have it documented in about five minutes. You know, it really does not take long. And then um, later, if I want to do something a little fancier using digital scrapbooking or whatever, I can then go and do that. But at least I'll have the initial information down. And it is for me. You know, I'm not, I am a computer person. I'm trying to move as much away from paper as possible. That being said, I do also believe in the um, the the benefit to having something both on your computer and in print, just in case your computer crashes. But I back everything up about three different ways. I think I've talked about that before. Uh, so I don't worry about losing information so much. I do also think, you know, I would like to have what I would refer to as like coffee table photo books of quilts, particularly my mom's and particularly the antique quilts. But also eventually I'd like to have that with my own quilts. Um, particularly, you know, as my kids get older and move out, they might like to have that kind of thing for my quilts, um, particularly after I'm gone. So I'm kind of working on that as I go. Um, but again, in terms of just getting something done quickly, and especially if you are a computer oriented person, you will find this very easy to figure out. Uh, it's not really a difficult software program to learn. And, um, I, I really did see a lot of benefit to it. So I would, recommend it. If you are looking for a fast, uh, sort of consistent way to document your quilts, this would be the trick. Um, I don't know if it's the only software out there. I haven't done a lot of research into it. Um, I to tell the truth, I didn't even know there really were any quilt documentation softwares out there until I went to Houston and happened to see the flyer for quilt album. So, you know, I can't speak with any expertise on this being the best of the options or not. But for me, it really worked well. For Sandy, she said it really worked well. So I would recommend it. And um, I guess I will put the link to it again in the show notes for this episode so you don't have to dig through past episodes to find it because I even don't really remember (laughs) which episode it was that I talked about it on. Uh, So that's Quilt Album. Um, Again, recommendation. Okay, the next thing that I use quite regularly uh, and don't use at all to the greatest extent that it could be used. I I use, you know, it's like you only use 10% of your brain. I probably only use 10% of this particular little electronic gadget. It's the, um, let me double check the official name for it. Hang on just a minute. Okay, I always call this the wrong thing. I called it sort of an abbreviation of its actual name. It's called the Quilters Fabricalc. And Fabricalc is spelled F-A-B-R-I, capital C-A-L-C. It's a quilt design and estimating calculator. I always call it the quilt calc. I don't know why. But anyway, um, when this first came out, it was somewhere around $30 or $40. It's been out for a few years now, so I don't know whether it's gotten cheaper. Um, I actually bought mine with a coupon at Joann's, so I didn't pay full price for it. I use this thing all the time. It sits right on my uh, cutting table. And so I use it frequently when I'm working on projects uh, just in my house. But then if I'm going on a shop hop or something like that, I will try to remember to grab it and throw it in my purse. Because the thing I use it for all the time is figuring out how much yardage I need to buy for backings, for bindings. Um, You know, you put in, it's really, really easy. So you've got a piece top done. You measure the width, you measure the height. You put that into the calculator and it you hit the button and it'll tell you that means you will need, you know, X number of yards for backing and you will need X number of yards of binding. Um, 
And then you can even, you know, find out then how many strips of binding you need to cut, etc. And so what I will often use this for at home is to check my stash. If I've got a project done and that I haven't already bought the fabric for, I'll use that to say, okay, well, I need, you know, X number of yards to use as a backing. Do I already have that? here in my stash or, um, you know, the, that same thing for binding. So I use that frequently for backings and bindings. It does so much more than that. It can actually, you can put in how much fabric you have and it'll tell you how many squares you can get out of it, how many triangles you can cut out of that. Uh, so it would be fantastic if you were doing scrap quilts from your stash. Um, I haven't done that yet. So, you know, the scrap quilts I've made have been primarily uh, with pre-cuts. So I haven't had call to really do that. I would think if you do that a lot, it would be extremely um, helpful for that. There's a lot of other things it does. That's just, um, I'm just scratching the surface there. But again, I use this every quilt I work on. I pull this thing out and do the math. Plus it also just has a normal calculator on it too. So it's very helpful to have just sitting at your cutting table. Um, so that's another little geeky gadget that I would highly, highly recommend. Put it on your Christmas list um, if you celebrate Christmas or birthday list if you celebrate birthdays or just go out and buy it for yourself <laughs> if you want to do it that way too. Uh, again, I used a coupon at Joanne, so it was very, um, very cost effective. The next thing I'm going to talk about is um, not directly quilty related, but I have made it so myself. Um, there is a Microsoft Office uh, program called OneNote, O-N-E capital N-O-T-E. And it's actually geared, I think it was probably made primarily for um, the educational setting for students to begin with, uh, but they also do promote it in business settings, etc. And I use it for work, uh, but I also use it personally. OneNote is a kind of a freeform database. It's a way of keeping track of a wide variety of things in one software package. It's set up like a binder. So visually on your page, in fact, I'm looking at it right now because I keep all my notes for this podcast episodes in OneNote. I have a, a notebook set up for it. Um, in OneNote, you set up a notebook and then there's tabs across the top for the different sections. And then in each section, you can have an unlimited number of pages. And the pages you can type, uh, just type straight in notes to it. You can also uh, clip things off the web. You can go in and do a web clipping and a paste it right onto the page. You can put hyperlinks, you can do tables, you can do images. You can even do audio recording, although I, I use a different software for my auto recording. I've never tried recording right in OneNote. I think it's probably meant just for short little notes. Um, so like what I'll do, it also intersects with Outlook. So for work, I use it when I'm at meetings and such. I will take my notes right in OneNote so I, they're all in one place. But then if I have a to-do right in the middle of the meeting, if somebody says, oh, Sandy, could you take care of, I can type it in OneNote, click a button, and it sends it directly to my task list in Outlook, which is hugely helpful because that lessens the uh, likelihood that I will lose track of tasks in you know the miasma of notes I have. Um, you can also then in the reverse, when you're in Outlook, you can send things directly to OneNote. So if somebody sends me an email that I need to keep track of, I just send it directly to OneNote and it saves it as a page. So that's fantastic for work. But how do I use it for quilting? Well, the one thing I already mentioned is, of course, I use it for this podcast. But I also use it for if I find patterns, uh, quilt patterns online, um, I can print them as a PDF and send them into OneNote so that they appear as OneNote pages. When I took my Quilt University classes, um, I printed all of those pages because you can download the lesson plans and either print them as regular paper 
or you can save them as PDFs. And I put them all into OneNote and organize them by class. So I've got those now as a resource and I will always know where they are. Um, basically what it does is it helps you keep everything all in one place. So you may normally organize in a bunch of different folders and that kind of thing. Um, and I still have all of those. I still have separate folders for things, but then I link them to OneNote. So all I really have to do is be in OneNote and I can pretty much find anything I need to know right in there. So I would say, you know, any, if you are saving patterns, if you are doing online classes, any of that kind of stuff that you're saving in folders, you may want to look into OneNote. You can buy it as a standalone program. You don't have to have the whole office suite. I don't know that it's available for Mac because it is a Microsoft product. I, I have to say, I can't tell you exactly how much it costs when you buy it standalone. I did buy it standalone once, but I got it through um, my son is an academic discount. So I think I only paid about 20 bucks for it, but that may not be the actual retail price. So anyway, it, that's just one that I use all the time for work and for personal stuff. Um, I have separate notebooks for everything, but if you're looking for a way to keep all your quilty stuff organized, I would suggest you may want to look into that. Um, it's a great program. I, I love it. It really helped me uh, solve a lot of problems I was having at work in terms of tracking stuff, but also in terms of keeping all my quilt stuff in one place. It's been very helpful too. Um, another, obviously I can't talk geek and computers without talking about electric quilt. Um, I do have EQ7. I've been using it just a little while cause I'd been using EQ6 before. Um, again, only scratch the surface. I have not learned all of the intricacies of EQ7. Um, but again, it is so helpful. Uh, there are times I just use it like a coloring book. You know, I have problems just watching TV without having something to do. I need to have something else to do. I'm reading a magazine. If I don't have any handwork to do on a quilt, um, you know, I'm doing something else. And a lot of times I will just have my laptop in front of me and I'll just be designing quilts for fun. Um, it is, it's like a digital coloring book for me. So again, it's, it's not the only quilt design program out there. There are other ones, but it makes it so easy. It does the math for me, <laughs> which is always a big deal for me. As you know, I'm not a big fan of math, so it's helpful for me to do something in EQ. The other thing I like to do with it is I scan my own fabrics in and I can then design a quilt using a fabric that I have in my stash and I can size the quilt um, to use the amount of fabric I actually have, which is really helpful. I probably didn't explain that very well just now. Um, but if I know I've got a yard and a half of fabric and I want to use it as a focus fabric, I can scan it into EQ, come up with a quilt design, figure out where I would like to use that fabric, and then mess with the size of the blocks and the size of the borders or whatever, wherever I've got that fabric to make sure I don't go over the amount I actually have. And that way I can figure out, you know, is this a quilt I can make with what I've got in my stash? So that's a very, very helpful thing. And besides, it's always fun to design something with fabric you can actually see rather than just sort of designing in colors and then having to figure it out um, yourself. I, I just like doing that myself. So that's EQ7. Again, something to put on your wish list. Um, I'd recommend it. Uh, the other electronic gizmo that I use a lot in my quilting is a label machine. Um, I know that may seem a little unusual, but... When I organize my stash, I have all of my fabric. I use the ruler folding method. I talked about that way, way back at the beginning of this podcast series, like episode two or three or something like that, um, in which we get organized, I think was the name of the episode. And uh, I talked about the ruler folding method that I use, which is not unique to me. I got it from somewhere else. 
Um, but when I fold fabric, I then immediately label it with what the size is. And I use a label maker with a paper label. And, you know, you yeah, it wouldn't stay on there forever. But when it's stacked on my shelf, it stays on there long enough. And then I'm able to quickly glance and see how much fabric I've got. And then when I use the fabric, I can just pull off the, the label and throw it away. And it doesn't leave any residue on the fabric at all. It's really helpful to use. So um, if you're trying to figure out, you know, if you're looking at reorganizing your stash, I'd really su suggest buying a label machine. Plus, I have all my bins labeled. I have my drawers actually labeled so that I can see at a glance what's in each drawer. Um, for me, it helps keep it visually uncluttered if all the labels look the same, too. That's just kind of this weird visual thing. Um, but I use my label maker a lot, so I'd strongly recommend that as well as a quilting tool. Um, the last thing to, to just say briefly, I had mentioned digital scrapbooking and that I had found some quilty-related digital scrapbook kits. And some of you had asked where it was, and I thought about just posting a comment, but I decided I will just say it in a podcast episode. Um, I use several different sites where I will download um, digital scrapbooking papers and elements, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but the one where I found recently all the quilt type images was called uh, Scrap Girls, S-C-R-A-P-G-I-R-L-S. They have a lot of really nice stuff to begin with, um, but they had some very, very nice uh, quilt-related imagery and um, some templates where you could put your photos in and it would make it look kind of like a quilt block. I haven't played with those yet, so I'm not entirely clear how they work. The other site that I use quite frequently to download things, um, they're not necessarily directly quilt related, although sometimes, you know, designers are always coming up with new stuff. So there's always the possibility that there will be new quilt related type uh, images there soon. But uh, Designer Digitals, and that's just designerdigitals.com, is another digital scrapbooking site. And I'm particularly fond of the designer named Katie, I think you pronounce it Pertiet. I'm not sure. It's P-E-R-T-I-E-T. -E Mostly she's got a, a lot of um, very botanical uh, inspired type things, outdoorsy things, but not Northwoodsy type, not log cabin type outdoorsy, but um, more, you know, just what you would see out floral and fauna kind of things. Just gorgeous, gorgeous um, kits. And I frequently buy her things. Um, but those are always very nice. And for those of you who haven't done any designer, or I'm sorry, if, that you haven't done any digital scrapbooking and you really don't know what I'm talking about, it's simply uh, image manipulation. It's photo editing, uh, really is what it is. You, the papers, you can download a paper, quote unquote paper, and it's just an image. It's a JPEG or whatever. And in your photo editing software, you lay out the paper and then you plunk whatever picture you want to put on it. And then you can use the elements and the, the, um, the elements come as different. There's like pictures of ribbons or buttons or zippers or torn paper, all sorts of different things. You use those. There's things called brushes, which uh, imprint. They're kind of like a stamp. You would use a rubber stamp in regular scrapbooking. Um, all sorts of things you can do. And so it's all just um, photo manipulation, photo editing. And then you can print it off and use it as a regular scrapbook page. Uh, you can also combine digital scrapbooking with paper scrapbooking, of course, and you can print off photos that you've designed and then use them in a paper scrapbook as well. Um, as I've said before, I'm just not a paper scrapbooker. I've tried it. I'm not, it's not a thing that really grabbed me, uh, but I do do a lot of photo editing. And so digital scrapbooking is much more up my alley. And I really enjoy um, playing around with that when I'm not working on a quilt, which is 
Um, not as frequently as it used to be. I used to do a lot more digital scrapbooking because I was doing a lot less quilting at the time. Now I'm doing a lot more quilting, so I haven't done a digital scrapbook in a while. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. And if you do um, enjoy photo editing, if you've done any work, you know, if you've got Photoshop Elements or um, or the Fallout Photoshop, which is what I use, or, or other photo editing um, programs, you might want to look into digital scrapbooking. Uh, there's a lot of places, the, both sites that I've just mentioned today, you can... Um, often get free uh, uh, material. In fact, a lot of sites you can get free digital scrapbooking elements, Um, but then you can also buy them. And, you know, they're they're not expensive. So you can sometimes buy an entire kit, which would be papers and elements and brushes and maybe some fonts with it, that kind of thing, Um, maybe eight bucks, you know, and then you can use it as much as you want. There's some licensing things you need to pay attention to in terms of where you can and can't show you know, what you've done and how you cite it and that kind of thing. But for just personal use, um, you know, if you're just doing it for your own little scrapbook in your own little house, uh, you're good to go. It's And it's really nice stuff. So, again, those are the designer digitals is the one I probably use most. Um, and then the quilty ones I found on a site called Scrap Girls. Okay, and that's it for the geek stuff. You can put your geek flag down now. I have one last announcement before we end the episode. And you may remember, if you are active in the QuiltCast supergroup and the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup there in Big Tent, that a few weeks ago I posted a um, poll and a question about what kind of challenges you would want to do in 2011. And by far and away, the um, overwhelming response was that people wanted to join in the stash challenge that I'm going to be uh, officiating for my guild. And so uh, starting in January, we will be doing the first quarter of the um, stash mystery challenge. And what the stash mystery challenge is, is each quarter I'm going to be giving uh, my guild a a challenge, a little mini challenge, and it will require some use of stash of some sort, and each time it'll be a little bit different. And they will need to complete uh, not an entire project. Things do not have to be fully finished. Uh, We joke about the fact that we are creating new UFOs for the next time we do another UFO challenge in our guild, but you have to at least have it done enough to be recognizable for what it is, and I will give you complete uh, rules and regs next time. But what what I'm going to be doing is um, in December, I will be announcing the first challenge, which will run January through March. So then you will have to have something done and pictures to me in March, and I'll give you specific dates. And it will require some use of your challenge, of your stash, like I said. And each one I will give you a little bit more information. Um, so we will be doing a stash mystery challenge. And uh, I will be then putting your names, anybody who participates will get their name put in a drawing um, for some sort of little prize. I haven't decided what that's going to be yet. In our guild, it's actually going to be more extensive. People had to sign up ahead of time for the whole year. They have to complete three out of the four quarters of challenges. Um, And then, of course, we have show and tell. They also have to pay a fat quarter registration fee. And then we use that collection of fat quarters as the prize. So each time somebody finishes, anybody who finishes a project in that quarter gets their name put in for the drawing for that quarter and they win one fat quarter. And then at the end, anybody who has completed three out of the four quarters will get their name put in for the final drawing um, of the grand prize of all of the rest of the fat quarters in the kitty, which I think we've got something like 15 people signed up to do this this year. So that'll be a kind of a significant collection of fat quarters. But it should be a lot of fun. 
And that means you guys can all kind of consider yourselves honorary members of my guild while you're participating. So uh, for the next episode, I will announce what the first quarter's theme will be. And uh, you can decide if you want to play or long or not. Uh, like always, I keep my rules fairly loose because I want as many people to be able to participate as possible. But I do give enough guidelines so that you have some idea of what you're supposed to do. So I hope you will enjoy that challenge. Okay, I think that's it for this episode. I have once again run out of things to say. Um, so I hope you will have some time to do some wonderful quilty things in the next few weeks. And uh, again, the deadline for the holiday motivation challenge or holiday holiday motivation experiment. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I hate to keep calling it a challenge. Anyway, that deadline is this coming Wednesday, December 15th at midnight, my time. Although, fair warning, I will not be on my computer at midnight my time. So frankly, any time before like eight o'clock the next morning, you're probably fine. Uh, and I'm Eastern time if you really want to pay attention. And then I will put all of the names of anybody who has uh, sent me photos or proof somehow that they've finished their three quilty items. And I will put your name in a drawing and you will win some fabricy goodness. I think that's it. I'm sure I'm going to remember something as soon as I'm done recording that I've forgotten to say. But for now, uh, I hope you are having a wonderful time. Those of you who are experiencing a winter wonderland like I am outside, go out and play in the snow. Take a dog with you. They like snow, generally speaking. And um, have fun and stay warm. And until the next episode, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Mm-hmm.